welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about our favorite Star Wars books and being really, really sure you want to kill your brother. My name's Justin. I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, we're going to cover chapter 17. (laughs) Jesus. Keeping it, we're rolling through chapters. We're we're gonna <laughs> cover chapters seventeen through twenty plus epilogue of Legacy of the Force, Book Eight, Revelation. And this week is it gonna be a surprise twist at the end? I think, but that's for later. First, bum bum bum. Previously. On Forever Canon. Oh, we're good now. Okay. Kytus plants a villip in the bloodfin. Old Gil has his last stand, and Nyathal goes coo crazy. Dala's Mandos featuring Fett and Jaina take the bloodfin, and Jason is a space paramedic. I don't know what more information you need than that. No. To pick up with Chapter 17 this week. And... One of Kara and Travis's famous blurbs. Are they famous yet? They will be. This will be a difficult matter for me to square with others, but I would be prepared to offer Admiral Nyathal's fleet safe haven. At a time like this, when Colonel Solo clearly represents the greatest threat to Fondor and the rest of the galaxy, uniting against him is the most important thing. He may well be back to finish the job he started, and if he doesn't, then I would like to commit the forces we have left to finishing him. Shaz Vade, president of Fondor, to Luke Skywalker. Long story short, everything's coming up anti-Jason House. Yep. And nobody likes him, and it's very clear to most of the galaxy now that he is the bad guy. I mean, this is the president of Fondor talking. The planet who just got... I mean, assaulted by the GA fleet in general. Like, the whole fleet was coming there to, to carry out a, a mission. Mm-hmm. And then here you end up giving refuge and sanctuary to half of that fleet who abandoned the man who went rogue and started blowing up most of your towns and lighting everything on fire and causing you know the wanton destruction and chaos that's not really supposed to be part of the war. No, just you're not supposed to just light cities on fire. No, there are, there are supposed to be somewhat like rules of rules engagement. of engagement. Yeah, like they surrendered, for example. Yeah. So, the half of the GA fleet that honored the surrender gets to hang out at Fondor, and as Nyathal calls it, start their government in exile. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, that's the best way to start any government, <laughs> isn't it? Okay, but chapter 17 really starts on the Bloodfin. In case you didn't hear about it enough in the recap, the Bloodfin. Fett and the Mandos are making stormtroopers into piles of white armor. <laughs> yeah. Just... <laughs> They're just merkin fools as they make their way to the moths that betrayed Dala and Gil. Meanwhile, Jaina and Murta are tracking Tahiri through the vents. Uh, we, this is Karen showing us a a group of Mando commandos at work 
and the overwhelming power of such. Yeah, because there's not very many of them. There's like 15, 20. Nope, but they're unstoppable, especially in Beskar. Yeah. they You can't fuck with them. It's pretty awesome, actually. As much as I'm not like, I'm not into the Republic Commando books and like the, the tr- I'm not into the Trooper books. I'm not into the War Army books, you know? That kind of sounds dumb to say because like all the Jason Solo books are war books. But like, you know, they're more individual centric. Whereas like, I don't know. I don't get into like the squad thing. Yeah. I don't know. Either way. This best car is so good that at one point, one of them gets shot by a volley of blasters and it pushes him against the bulkhead. And he's like, ah, fuckers. Uh, Yeah. Damn it. Ah, ha. How dare you? Yeah. And then he just shoots back. The best car is a game changer and it's going to be a game changer for like a whole generation of Mandalorians. You know, they found so much. They're making so much with it. That you're going to have ships and armor and weapons and money for like generations to come. Mm-hmm. It's it's going to completely change the landscape of Mandalore and the galactic politics. Like, at, you know, at wide, at wide, at large. On a whole. <laughs> In a wider view. Yes. On a whole, in a whole. Either way. The Mandos are unstoppable. Yeah, they're great. And they're also funny. They have a lot of, you know, funny little quips as you do with your with your squad, with your squad infiltration missions and stuff like that. And Myrta says one of my favorite things, where she refers to Tahiri as Jason's Philip. Yes. Unprompted, just like old Gil did. His spirit lives on. Okay, he may be dead, but here on the Bloodfin, his his words ring out forever. Mm-hmm. They'll be echoed through the mouths of unsuspecting victims for. Generations to come. Here I come with saying generations too much now. But cut to the Bloodfin. No, look. Oh, fucking Karen did it too, eh? <laughs> Lord, take me home. What are we doing? I get it. You're cutting to a different perspective on the Bloodfin, but doesn't that just call for like a pair, like a like a, a space, like a line space, like a, pa- uh, paragraph. a page break, like a paragraph yeah. break? Yeah. Yeah, probably. I don't know. <laughs> They must be like 50 feet away from each other. Yeah, they couldn't have gotten too far. No. But here we are. Jaina and Myrta arrive at the emergency exit to find Tahiri trying to escape. And like we were talking about before, with just dominance of the Mandalorian warriors on the ship, we get to see the same thing played out in front of Jaina's eyes. Mm-hmm. Where Myrta goes after Tahiri, psycho style, full Bavine. Yep. And... Does a lot of damage. Yeah. Instead of it, it's instead of you know as as Jedi would do where they'd be like, aha, I see you, surrender or else, you know, and then they they stand off and they they draw weapons and get ready to attack each other. Nope, she finds her at the emergency exit, and she just kicks Tahiri's ass and cuts her thigh, get gets an artery. Jaina says she would never forget the look of horror. Quote. On Tahiri's face when her lightsaber didn't cut the Beskar. Yeah. And she, her internal thought is like, my lightsaber doesn't work. That's such a, um, a shocking. A fundamental yeah. thing for the Jedi. Yeah, right? such like, a shocking naked moment. I is have what this powerful, unstoppable weapon. Yeah. Oh God, it's just, <laughs> why? It's not working. <laughs> it's not, it got stopped. Kind of, Shit. kind of, uh, kind of a reflection of in the Yuzhan Vong war. When a first when they couldn't 
you know, feel them in the force. Mm-hmm. Then you can't use the force against them. It doesn't work. You have to actually fight them in like hand to hand combat. Yeah. Or like, you know, with traditional weapons. It's kind of the same thing where like, oh, my lightsaber is not working. Oh, my God. My force powers aren't working. Yeah. What am I supposed to do? You know? Yeah. Complete reliance on your magical abilities. And now, you know, that's good information for Jaina to have for her to see the efficacy of that, Mm -hmm. of like this training that she's been doing. Oh, this could be how, how it pays off. Yeah. I just go psycho and surprise them. You know? Cool. Yeah. Maybe don't stand there and announce, I see you. You won't escape. Surrender or die across the fucking, you know, room that you're standing in. No, just like attack her and kick her ass. Don't give her a chance to surrender. Don't give her extra room to escape. Handy proof of concept for her training, her her little sojourn here out to Mandalore. So as they're battling Tahiri at the emergency exit, so too the moths show up. Trying to make use of the emergency exit. Running away from the Mandalorians, of course, who are right behind them. So we get like a real weird club sandwich. Yep. At the emergency exit with Tahiri at one end, Jaina and Myrta, the Moths, and then the Mandalorians on the other side. So it's like a nice accordion of balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you had another person on the other side of Tahiri on your team, you'd win. It's simple rules. You'd yep. outnumber them. But... I don't know. I just thought that was kind of funny the way that the scene shook down and everybody ended up. And on the the skewered olive on the top of this weird club sandwich is Jason Solo at the top of the emergency exit with a docking tube attached to it from his paramedic medivac speeder that he stole yeah. and was pretending to be, right? How quickly things have uh, gotten complicated here on the Bloodfin. Ever since Tahiri shot old Gil, things have been bonkers on this star destroyer it's just gone crazy i don't know i just thought that was fucking weird and jason has some indecision well here first he doesn't first he helps to hear he get the upper hand by force choking the shit out of myrta that's right while she was beating to hear his ass and then we cut to the med sprinter where yeah he's realizing he's not omnipotent yeah I, i can't do everything I need to do at once here. I have right? to choose something. <laughs> and what he ends up doing is working himself into a bad spot, trying to rescue Tahiri. He was shut in the docking tube that was venting atmosphere with a dying woman beneath and some psychotic Mandalorians bent on suicide. Yeah. He's like, I got to rescue Tahiri. I can't let Tahiri die. Tahiri, Tahiri, Tahiri. And he jumps in a docking tube. She's bleeding to death. And there's Mandalorians trying to cut the tube open to, to vent them all into space. Yep. Why Why is he trying so hard to rescue Tahiri? Yeah. He keeps saying, like, I need her, right? I don't think why he has he need that her? much time invested into making her even, an apprentice. Even if he did, though, like, is it worth your life? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no definitely why, not. Why... Why is he feeling like he needs Tahiri so much? And he says it so much. Mm -hmm. I need her. I need her. Is it like the Sith thing where like I'm he's trying to live up to ideals and he's like, I'm not a true Sith if I don't have an an apprentice or something. Yeah, I don't be. I don't know what it is. And then he, he also says something completely stupid where he says 
he he had never considered Mandalorian armor might be vacuum sealed. Yeah, like yeah, that's so dumb. Armor. What the fuck? <laughs> that never crossed your mind ever. Like, come on, he's supposed to be smart. Yeah, they're the and this seems like basic like common sense. Yeah, they're the deadliest beings in the galaxy. Other they're than nomads. On top of that, yeah, they wander space. And you don't think they're very special armor? They never thought to vacuum seal it? Like, okay. That's really dumb. Mm-hmm. And now had he not had that stupid oversight, would he have not jumped into the tube? If he didn't think everybody's life was at risk in there and they wouldn't just cut the shit open, right? Yeah. Forgetting that they are... They'll be fine. They're vacuum sealed in yeah. the suits. Fine for a, min- a few minutes. At least, yeah. I just thought that was really dumb. I thought he was really smart. Maybe he just maybe I'm maybe I'm just remembering NJO Jason. Maybe that's the book series where he's really genius smart, and this is the book series where he's fallible but powerful. Because he saves the day in the NJO. Yeah. Ultimately, as much as Anakin and Jaina and. All, uh, Luke and many of the other Jedi are heroes of the war. Jason is the, the ultimate hero of the war. And maybe, you know, after 10 years of having not read these books, maybe I was conflating, you know, that's the, his whole character, right? Yeah. But maybe I was like uh, just kind of blending the two stories together <laughs> where like be. on second reading of this book series, he's pretty fucking dumb most of the time. After about the point he changes the law and Lumaya dies, he's done being smart. Yeah, it's like he's so full of his own self-importance and that he yeah. just doesn't think about anything else. I get else. it. It's like the classic hubris. Yeah. But it just doesn't... I don't know. We'll talk about it maybe at the end of the next book, like in the full series wrap-up. But like him not... Knowing Mandalorians have vacuum proof spacesuits on is a level of dumb that does not ring true for this character. No, no. Meticulous, detailed, information oriented character. It does, that's okay. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, he jumps in this tube and he risks his life for Tahiri. He needs Tahiri so badly that he gets his ankle caught in a crush gun. So that's smart. Crushed. As we've seen how those things work earlier. Yeah, yeah they work great. Uh, they close pneumatically and it's over. I don't know. You know, something like that. I don't know. Why does he need to hear he so badly? Is it because he lost his daughter? And oh. to hear he is like an emotional surrogate type of situation. You know? Where. Which again let's is say, backwards. Let's say for most of his adult life, he has had a younger person to take care of and guide and look after. Whether it be somebody before Ben, like there was, you know, not apprentices, but he was always like a a role model Mm -hmm. to all the other Jedi. But then specifically Ben, who he's like early on, just spends all his time with uh, as like guiding him and stuff like that. Yeah. And then truly tries to make him his Sith apprentice. And then now he's got Tahiri. It's like he just, or sorry, in between there, he was uh, he was all consumed with rescuing his daughter and getting back to his daughter. And then she gets taken away from him. And now he's like, 
I need to jump down a hole with Mandalorians at the bottom to rescue Tahiri. Yeah, it's like he always needs someone to rely on him specifically. Yeah, which is part of his hubris, right? It feeds his ego. Yeah. But also, like, just on the heavier level of like, hey, my daughter just got taken away from me. I need to rescue this girl. You know, like, I need to rescue this person who's now being taken away from me. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but he puts himself in a fucking terrible spot for it. I, I I don't know. Is he smart? Let us know. Forever Cannon Podcast at gmail.com. He's not being smart. No, not at all. The chapter 18 starts with a blurb. What's a Hatoon? A coward. A physical coward. Moral coward. Any kind of scum without the spine to stand their ground or do the right thing. We don't have a word for hero. Being prepared to die for your family and friends or what you hold dear is a basic requirement for a Mando. So it's not worth a separate word. It's only cowards we had to find a special name for. Balton Karid, explaining the finer points of Mandoa and Mandalorian culture to Jaina Solo over a Buchigal, a large ale. We don't need a word for heroes. Yeah. All right. Settle the fuck down. <laughs> These guys flex so hard all the time. I get it. You, I love it. I love the explanation. You know, being yeah. prepared, being prepared to do the right thing, to sacrifice yourself for the right thing is the bare minimum requirement. Yeah. Morally that in our culture. I love that idea. I also, I love that, you know, through Balton Carrad this hard ass Mandalorian trooper guy it's given in such a bro. This explanation is given like a bro explanation. Yeah. He's like, we're all heroes. We don't need a word for heroes. The word for heroes is Mandalorian. God damn it. Yeah. We only need a word for cowards. You know, it's like yeah. he's 12 beers deep and six shots later. Yeah. Explaining to somebody what it's like to be Irish or something. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? I, Actually, I really love this fucking uh, this b- 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 blurb. It's really it's really good, and I what I just want to point out also, I'm glad that they don't have a word for heroes because it would just be manned something. It just would, it just would. Uh, who needs it? But chapter eighteen really starts in the docking tube of the med sprinter. The Mando broke Kytus's ankle and shot him in the knee. Yep. Damn it, Tahiri. Why does he need her so badly? I don't know, but they're barely alive. She's cutting the leg, bleeding to death. And he knows they're, they've they escaped with their lives because of his destiny. And at this point, right before he gets shot in the knee, he tries to pull the whole, like, force fake image thing on, on Fett. And Fett is just like, that's not going to work. Well, it wasn't fed. It was that carrot guy is the one who shot him in the knee. But yeah, he does the thing that he did tomorrow where he's like, Hey, illusion of somebody that you like or something. Like yeah. That. Look at my face for a second just to get him to flinch. And, and it, like, it hey, didn't yeah. work. Guy's like, no, that's not going to work. No, but it's good enough to pass that information on to Jaina. He's got this little trick. Yep. But he's like, we escaped with our lives because of destiny. But destiny to do what? 
What are you doing? Like, what is your goal? As we've talked about before. How are you going to win this war? You're just going to end up killing half the galaxy to, you know, bring peace. Peace is hard to define. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you kill all the people who aren't feeling peace, then there's only peace left. Yeah. yeah I, you know. S- yeah. Same thing could be said. If you killed everybody. It'd be so peaceful it, and quiet. Th- th- You'd still have peace, but you'd be by yourself. And then look how easy that is to have a good galaxy. You just have to walk your own moral compass. You're mm-hmm. the only one who has to do right or wrong things. So then do you do the right things or you just or do, do you whatever do the you wrong want. things? Cause nobody will ever know morality. Yeah. Cut to the blood fin where we're just like 50 feet away. From yeah. We were just slightly adjacent to all out that one though. Hmm. Yeah. Just separate ships all out. Fett doesn't let Jaina go after Jason. He tells her you're not ready. Yeah. Okay. But his apprentice is almost dead, and he's shot in the leg and crushed in the ankle. Also, force exhausted from, you know, all the things he was doing in the in the war that we didn't really know about. But still no? Still? Okay. Still no go? We shot him. We broke his ankle. We nearly killed his friend. It's not a good time to go kill him? All right. No, maybe... Maybe it was more of a mental ready. That's what I was just going to say. Okay. I, may, I, well, I hadn't written that, but I just, as, as I was saying that, I came to the same idea you did. Probably more of a you're not mentally ready to handle the consequences of it. Yeah. Not that you physically can't do it or mentally can't bring yourself to do it, but like Luke Skywalker was talking about. It's not about the moment. It's about how it's going to ruin you after. Yeah, the aftermath. But the battle on the Bloodfin... Is one. The Mandos celebrate. Fett visits Vitor Rij, potential son of Admiral Pelion, who they never had a conversation about it. While he's while Fett's searching for uh, Pelion's body, he of course finds Vitor Rij taking care of it, and Jaina realizes she's learned very little so far. Yep. Fett goes, I've learned so much. And Fett says, really? About this? And what about this? What did you learn? What did you learn? Yeah. That we're badass warriors who de- who never stop? You already knew this. Yeah. You've learned nothing. <laughs> when you put it like that, I've learned nothing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was a good exchange between the two of them. Cut to the blood fin. Still. Once again. Don't know why we need that. We're at the back oh, end now. Oh, we're changing perspectives. Yes, we're on the we're on the back end of the ship now. Good point. And it's Dala's ship now, baby. So Bloodfin was her ship now. Mm-hmm. Another toy taken from the squabbling boys who wouldn't let her play the last time. I fucking love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. I love that. I love that. Bam slam. Suck on that one, boys. Gil power. And all that. The doll is amazing. Fucking, she's awesome, dude. Another toy taken away from the boys who wouldn't let her play. That's what you get. You know, that's what you get for like being exclusionary. And uh, just, you know, discriminatory and like, uh, you know, having yeah. bad morals and like yeah. having like a, a really bad judge of character also. Just 
basing your life on gender biases and like being racist against aliens and stuff. The Empire, when you think about it, is really bad. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hot take. I know. Yeah. You Never know. mind the the murder and. They're all racist, sexist murderers. Yeah, it's bad. All of them, every single one of them, paint them with a broad stroke. Yeah. But Doll is not. She's dope. She's a murderer, also. She's also probably sexist because pretty sure she hates most men. Yep. Until they prove themselves to be nice to women. Fair enough. Other, yeah, other than her boyfriend. That, She's definitely that. not racist though. She likes aliens. Yep. She chit chats with everybody on the ship. Gathering a little bit of info from the troops, bringing everybody to attention with just her stride down the hallway. She finds Fett and lets us know what she's all about. Mm-hmm. With like a, for some reason, as if this character is going to be important moving forward, we're getting some kind of exposition here about her character traits and like her ideals and what she believes in. As if... She might be important yeah. moving forward or something. Right before she's probably about to disappear back into her like <laughs> hidey hole again. She's got a new toy, and she's going to bounce back to the maw. But this is what she's here for. She doesn't like Sith, or Jedi for that matter. She likes Mandos. She wants the core. She has Beskar from the Emperor's mustache. She needs a Mando blacksmith. And she has a son. And granddaughter. That is a lot of information about this character in two paragraphs. Yep. I guess as you do with somebody who <laughs> blips in and out of history <laughs> whenever they you decide to. Got to uh, give all that information all at in once because they're going to be gone. Yeah, it's pretty good. She seems, though, like she has a, uh, approximately one billion plans ready to rock and roll at any given time. And She's got contingencies for contingencies. Apparently, the means to follow through with most of it i I would think well they showed up with some weird ass weapons that nobody could defend so step one win check (laughs) (laughs) i mean you know her and niathal have joined together to be anti-jason government so it's like half the ga fleet and half the imperial fleet Mm -hmm. so right now the ga government in exile has their power and authority derived from half of their own power and the empire's power. So somehow over the course of these books, we've now come to a partial GA and partial Imperial coalition. And I say partial on both sides because it's not full support from either side. Yeah. It's a fraction of each side coming together to form this third party coalition. Yeah, because Jason, in exile on Fondor. Jason has some of the Imperials with him too. Yes. Well, that was until the Bloodfin was massacred. Because those were all the moths that didn't side with Gil. Yeah. So maybe they do ha- maybe Dala has complete control of the entire empire right now. Because she just killed everybody who wouldn't listen to her. As you do in the Empire. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. But either way, somehow we've worked ourselves (laughs) to from a conflict between Corellia sharing guns with the GA to the GA and the Empire versus Jason. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's weird. All right. That's weird. But Doll is the bomb. Anyhow, 
She's got she's got a lot of plans already. But Fett has to go. Can't chit chat with Dahl anymore. He's got a Jedi to train. And he thinks to himself, we'll point it out again. Jaina Solo was okay. Whoa, doggy. <laughs> yeah. That's a big compliment. That's a big that's a big doggy. That's a man doggy. Woo yeah. Manda doggy. Big one. Yeah. She's okay. She's okay. She can't help that she's a Jedi. This is a 72-year-old, well-traveled, very experienced, we'll say vaguely, human being. Human? I guess. He's a clone. He's a, yeah. Still human. Are you? Are you kind of not? Yeah, that's a, that's a long question. Like it we, is. We could talk about that for a bit. Cut to <laughs> Coruscant, the chief of state's office, where we are quickly reminded that this war is having little effect on the regular people of Coruscant. They're just going about their lives and they're watching their hollow dramas and carrying on as you normally would. They're too far removed. Mm-hmm. They're far enough removed, in fact, to believe that Nyathal is a traitor and Jason is a wounded hero. <laughs> they're so far away from the reality of what has been happening in the war that they just accept him home with open arms. And now he is the sole chief of state. Yep. It's a promotion. Yeah. Wow. This guy has climbed the ranks over these past eight books from a simple Jedi Knight. Remember, He's not a master. No, he's not. <laughs> that parallel, of course. All the way to be... <laughs> all the way to be... Okay, so what, how did he do this? I, we'll talk about it in the greater review. Yeah. But, oh my God, he's the sole chief of state right now of the entire galaxy, I say in quotes, because it's all so fractured. Yeah. But this government is supposed to be for the whole galaxy. Jason Solo, the son of Han Solo, is president of the galaxy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, life is strange, isn't it? Anyways, anyways. What is what has he done here in the government? We get like quick snippets of, of things that he's changed in the four it says four days or something since he's returned. Yep. Um well he's replaced all the government heads with droids. Mm-hmm. Now it's Committees of people make recommendations to a droid who just does whatever Kaidas tells the droid to do. Yep. Efficient government. <laughs> Everybody feels like their opinion's being heard. But I just do what I think is right. Which, of course, is probably not going to be right. Yeah, probably not. goddamn skewed now, but... Government droids rule. <laughs> ever since ever since that first law changing... The, the law to change been, laws at will. Uh, that was a, actually like... That was like a very precipitous balance tipping moment when he changed that law mm -hmm. to arrest Kelly Moss. And then him and Nithal became president joint chief of state. I wonder if this will be too in some way, like replacing, I don't know, adding so much, so many droids to the government. Is that going to backfire on him in some way? Is that going to be a plot point? You know, like wrapping up in the next book. Yeah, because they do bring it be, up. Is that going to be something moving forward into the next book series? In the back, you know, like, like yeah. detail in the background? I don't know. Or is it just one of those things you do when you're a despot just to 
wrangled more control into your own hands and Probably. it'll be, you know, disseminated back out through uh, appropriate government. I don't know. Well, one of those droids hands him a stack of data pads with information on them and r- reports for him to review. And I wonder if this is a failure to look into the future from 2009 or 8 or whenever this book was written. Why does he need a stack of data pads? You couldn't have just Why it can't on it all just be on one data pad? Why is it a stack of data pads? You know it, what I mean? Each one has a different like topic. Yeah, they all came from their own department or something like that. Yeah. Right? Sure. It's explainable. But once again, why isn't it just one? one? Why isn't it just on one? That's fine. That's all fine. But as he's going through the data pads, he spots, Kytus spots an interesting article. Because when you're a celebrity, you just sometimes can't help but read about yourself. Mm-hmm. This article, though, sends him into an, a, an, a totally emotional spiral. It's a good article. This story opened with the coup and went on to list actions against members of his own family. The attempt to court-martial Jaina, the arrest warrant on his parents, and the rift with Luke and the whole Jedi Council. Then there was a reference to the death of Luke Skywalker's wife on Kavan at a time when Jason Solo was away from Coruscant. Juxtaposed with the death of Aelin Vell, dubbed Fett Jr., Cal Omas, Durgedjan, and a much more direct line about his involvement in an alleged fatal assault on Lieutenant Tebut not being investigated by the fleet or CSF. This is like a People Magazine article. Yep. Because he says it comes from like a like a satirical, inflammatory holozine. Mm-hmm. This is a, a this is a, a grocery store magazine article about all the horrible things that Jason Solo has done and why he's not really a good guy. Like top ten reasons why you shouldn't love Jason Solo type of thing. Yeah. And it freaks him out. He, he goes fucking teenager crazy, like so mad, like hurt, shocked yeah. that people would be talking about this. How dare you say these things behind my back? Yeah, so much that he wants to call him and set him straight. He, well, he calls for Shivu. Yeah, he's like, hey, get to my office with the intention of being like, go arrest that guy who wrote this article, and I'll tell him the truth and I'll set him straight and blah blah blah. Wow, that's pretty level headed. <laughs> I'll say this though for the uh, for the uh, author of the article, you missed the burning of Kashyyyk. Yep, you got Kavan, but you missed him lighting a planet on fire. I'll tell you why: racism. Ah. Nobody else cares that he lit the Wookiee planet on fire. I don't mean that on an individual basis. <laughs> There are, there are people who care. Yeah. But, like, the galaxy at large does not care because they're not humans. Yeah. This thing at Fondor will probably have way more backlash, right, mm-hmm. than that. Even though that was way less of a military decision and action. Yeah. This, this thing at Fondor you can explain away as part of the battle, right? It's like, well, what, what do you want me to do? I had the chance to take down their planetary defenses so that we could occupy them. And I took that chance. The Kashyyyk thing was like, Oh, I lit it on fire from like 600 yards away. Yeah. I mean, way fucking further. Yeah. Like miles, (laughs) but 600,000 miles away. Yeah. I don't know. But anyways, because they wouldn't be my friend. Right. And so (laughs) 
here we are. This guy's like, ah, oh, I said bad things about him. I'm going to probably get arrested by the secret police any day now. But by the time Shivu gets to his office, he calms down. Wow. Growth. Mm-hmm. And he changes his mind. Instead, he decides, I'm going to just have a little heart-to-heart sh- chat with Shivu. I know he doesn't like me, but he, he's a good balance. You know, everybody, every politician, every leader needs that good balance of yeah, people who carry out your authority and respect it without 100% agreeing with all of your decisions. Yeah, right? and that he knows that Shivu will be honest with him because he has been before. Yeah. He'll like, tell him what he wants to, like, Shivu will, I have my my thing. I'm going to tell you what I think. And They have a little bonding chat about morale. Yep. Kaidas decides... Lon Shivu must have stayed because he chose to be on Jason's side. There was just a big coup. The government split. Nyathal took half the people with her. Mm-hmm. You know, theoretically. But he chose to stay. He's loyal. And I know that I should reward loyalty <laughs> by telling secrets. Yeah. <laughs> so he tells Shivu he's a Sith. Shivu, of course, reacts as everybody does. All the uh, plebeians. Yeah, all the regulars. That's like different than a Jedi, right? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Like, once again, either playing it cool and acting this way or genuinely having no idea how much danger you're all in. Like we talked about before. Yeah. These regular people don't know what they're getting themselves into with the Sith. No, not at all. Yeah, I mean, you know. Anyhow. That's the first secret. And then he proceeds to tell him another secret. The story of killing Mara Jade Skywalker in self-defense. Mm-hmm. Not actually a lie. I had a hard time with this because he's pretty right. Yeah. He says, Mara ambushed him. She tracked him into the tunnels when he ran away. And she tried to kill him. Not arrest him. Mm-hmm. He's 100% justified to yeah. have killed her. Now, what's the difference that we know? Is that he's a Sith. Yeah, we and got... And he's doing bad things. And he's... You know, her attacking him wasn't part of his plan, but he took it as his sacrifice, right? Remember back when that was the big thing? Mm-hmm. In that book called Sacrifice? When he was trying to figure out what horrible deed he was going to have to do to ascend to his Sith mastery. And then Mara comes in. Mara comes after him in space. They land on the planet. She chases him into the tunnels and he's like, this is it. But he's not wrong. No. They had their little engagement. She followed him. He ran away into the tunnels. She followed him. She did not have handcuffs or tell him to... You know, stand down and put your weapon down and you're arrested and blah, blah, blah. Nope. No, she's, I'm going to kill you, bitch. I'm going to kill you for being evil around my son. Yeah. Hey, that's not legal. No, no. (laughs) So tricky now, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Tricky now. He may have legally murdered Mara Jade Skywalker. Mm Mm-hmm. But... He tells him the secret. And as we're talking about hubris and getting reaching so far beyond his 
bounds here. He tells the one secret he's not supposed to tell. He, if you will, lays this revelation out there at probably the most inopportune time when half of your government just went exile against you. Yeah. He's now going to tell the secret that can ruin him. (laughs) And unknown to him to other than say Nyathal, the most disloyal to him out of everybody. Right. Shivu is not, (laughs) and it never has been a fan of Jason Solo. No, but he stayed. He must be loyal. And I think Ben has this thought later. But I, I didn't I didn't uh, make a point of it, but I will hear Jason is so spends all of his time so embroiled in lying and violence that he doesn't sense it around him anymore. It's just part of the normal ebb and flow of life, mm-hmm. the pain and the violence and the, and the lying and betrayal. It's all such a normal part of his life that he doesn't even consider Maybe Shivu stayed behind to be a spy or something. Yeah. You know, as he is. As we already knew. He wasn't... He didn't stay to be Jason's helper. No. No, he never... Anyways, so... Again, this is just a... The story of an overconfident man. And then he tells him one final secret here. Being, once again, overconfident. Handing out a final revelation. This time, to Shivu. He's already given it to Nyathal. He's already given it to Tahiri. My name is Darth Kaidas, and you can call me my lord. There it is. Another another of many revelations TM in this book. Yep. He's telling everybody that he's a Sith. <laughs> telling everybody to call me Darth Kaidas. And he told Shivu that he killed Mara Jade Skywalker. Chapter 19 starts with a famous Karen Travis blurb. Ben, I'm so very sorry. You'll hate me if I don't send you this and you'll hate me when you hear it anyway. So better that you have the evidence than not. It's going to be hard to listen to, my friend, like recorded interviews with suspects often are. Their reasons for what they do, well... They make sense to them, that's all I can say. I can tell you that it took everything I had to keep my reactions under some sort of control. Here's the bad news before you play the recording. His factual account of what went on at Kavan matches the physical evidence. Call me if you need anything else. I'm always here for you. Captain Lon Chivu GAG in an encrypted comm to Ben Skywalker following an interview with the suspect. (laughs) So the bad news, as we said, is his motive looks legal. Yep. Also, the balls to secretly record, my lord. Yes. That's 10-pound titanium nuts. <laughs> yeah, that's I thought wild. the same thing. That's fucking wild, man. He risked his life for this not case. No. Not to crack a case and get justice. To get an answer for his friend. That's what he's risked his life for. Yeah. You know, you're not, they even said it in the beginning when they were gathering the evidence. Never mind the fact that, you know, motive comes up legal. We were never 
in this investigation to arrest the guy. Yeah, because if I wanted to, I could arrest him after he killed the lieutenant on the bridge of the fucking ship. And a thousand other things before that. So it's bad news for Ben. As chapter 19 starts on Endor. With Ben. Our 14-year-old investigator slash spy slash Jedi, not Sith, is forced to show and tell his family all the evidence. This is a big responsibility for a 14-year-old kid to have to explain to his whole family that his cousin killed his aunt. Okay. The evidence is damning mm-hmm. as he gathers Han and Leia and Luke all together in the room with him and gets Jag to set up a comm to Jaina. He lays out all the evidence and there's not much conversation to be had. Leia hugs him, tells him he, quote, did the right thing the right way. Mm-hmm. And then Ben and Luke share a silent Ewok rope bridge sunset. And again, I cry, 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 cry. Yeah. These scenes are heavy, man. Like your idol killed your aunt or sorry, your idol killed your mom. I think I said it wrong before too. Your cousin killed your aunt. No, your cousin killed your mom and you're 14 years old and none of this responsibility should fall on your shoulders, but you are, you know, secret police spy, 14 year old super Jedi. So it does. And then I don't know what you have to just, you, I don't know. You have to just pick up the pieces and hand everybody the consequences. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you have to be the one to stop running from the problem for everybody. Like the 14 year old is the strongest one of all of you. Han and Leia have been running from Jason. The consequences of Jason's actions since Aylin Vell. Yeah. You know, Jaina, since he opened fire in the war first, Mm-hmm. And he was going to court-martial her. Every uh, Luke, since before the books even started, he's been running away from the problem that is Jason. Ben is the uh, ben and Mara are the only ones. She died not running away from the problem. Yeah. You know? Cry, 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 cry. Yeah, and they sit in silence on this tree branch watching the sunset. So good. Just leaning on each other and yep. just, just cry about it. <laughs> fuck me and uh, you know what on the second reading of these books it has me thinking this uh, quote that I wrote down here Jason sucks and Ben is a special treasure <laughs> <laughs> he has so many powerful emotional moments yeah okay probably you know easier when it's your mom that gets murdered in the middle of the book series. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the emotional impact is going to revolve around you. But honestly, Ben Skywalker, and I'll ask you this again after we read the next book series, but he might be the biggest loss of the Legends canon. I shit you not. Between Jason and Jaina and, and Luke, Mara, Hanleya, everybody else, Ben Skywalker might be the best character that we lost. When, you know, all the canon got turned into legends. Yeah. And so far, like, in these books, remembering from when we read them before, Mm -hmm. and Jason was my favorite. Right. Because I think the reason, because it was, whatever, 15 years ago, 12 years ago, whatever it was. Yeah. um, 
being a teenager so enamored with just the power that Jason has. Totally. And that I think that's why I made my favorite, but well, and also like it fits the narrative of young adulthood where life is chaos and all you want to do is get some sort of control of it mm-hmm. to have happiness, right? Yeah. Because you have no control when you're 19, 20 years old. Yeah. Or, or at least very fucking little. And then now as like grown adults, 32 yeah. year old men reading these books, it's like, fuck this guy. Yeah. And I do love him still. Yeah. Jason solo is still amazing, but his motives are not as good as I remembered them being. No, his, his, um, what's that called? When you just, his justifications, are not as good as I was going to say. What do you call that when you justify the reason for your behavior? Anyways, his justifications are not as good as I remembered them being. No, and my... But even that's just got to... You know, that's just passage of time and, like, the reminiscence of enjoying a thing is you forget more of the parts that you're like, that didn't... That was dumb. That didn't play out straight yeah. or whatever, right? And you just remember it as like, oh, man, Jason Solo. I was thinking the same thing. I think really what more I remember loving is the wild journey of this book, of mm-hmm. this book series. Sorry. Not just Jason solo because coming back to it, I was like, Oh man, I can't wait to just read the Jason solo story again. But that's not what this is at all. No. I, okay. That's not true. That's not a true statement. Remembering it only as the Jason yes. solo story is not correct. Now, have they done as much with Jane as I wanted them to? No. But there's been a lot happening with Luke and Ben and the Skywalkers in general, having, you know, the matriarch of your family murdered. But like, man, Jason is not as good as I remembered him being. And everybody else is better than I thought they were. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Except for Jaina, who didn't get enough screen time throughout the entire (laughs) book series. But we never get the rest of Ben's story. Yeah. And that's what more what I mean. You know, Jason and Jaina are in their 30s. Luke and Han and Leia are in their 60s and 70s. When the next book series ends, Ben might be 16 or 18. I don't quite remember the Mm -hmm. small time jump or whatever, but he had an entire life of being an amazing character. Like, the wise, deep, powerful... Who knows how powerful in the force Ben Skywalker is, right? Yeah, because they just we don't them. get we don't get to find out, man. He might be the biggest loss of the Legends catalog. Stamp that opinion. Cut to near Keldabe, where Jaina doesn't recognize Jason's face, or voice, or words, as she's replaying the recording that Ben sent her from Shizu, and she says, "Quote her, Jason had, of course." died mm-hmm. yeah that's not that's not your brother it's not his face it's not his eyes his voice is probably different and he's saying horrible things that you can't put into place in your in your brain puzzle yeah you know, pieces don't fit saying things you can't even imagine she's devastated and when Fett shows up to find her because she's late mm-hmm. he show she shows him the recording and she's reaching out to him for help. Like genuinely, you know, with the whole lifetime of solo fet rivalry, we'll say. She's putting like her entire family's reputation, she thinks, on the line, reaching like vulnerably out to him for help. 
Mm-hmm. He, she wants to know what he sees when he looks at Jason in this interview or whatever, right? And he says, first of all, the only thing he tells her is all the truths about her feelings. Nailed it. Yep. Tells her, um, I don't know, but you're having a hard time with this clearly. And like, <laughs> like, I don't remember specifically what he says now because I didn't write it down. But uh, he just nails her feelings, bullseye, bullseye, bullseye. And then he says, when Jason's talking about the fight with Mara, that it looks like Mara scared him by attacking full Bavine style. Yeah. You know? Look how effective that is. I can see it in his eyes when he's talking about it now, that he's still scared of that memory. It was pretty fucking horrifying. Yeah. To be honest, that battle in the cave was fucked. And then he does, after, you know, just <laughs> having the direct insight into Jaina's emotions, he gives us a little bit of his own explaining. When Jaina asks him, why not kill Jason yourself? He says, because if I put him down like the vermin deserves, your family can blame that rotten Boba Fett again when the truth wears off. When you need an excuse to stop feeling bad about what you had to do. No, you clear up your own mess. I wondered, am I standing back to let the Solos and Skywalkers fight each other because I want them to suffer? No. It's only Jason who deserves it. And on balance, I'd prefer to see him live a long time in a lot of pain. Like I said before, he's no use to me dead. I'm sensing... Clean up your own mess is a, is a nice theme. Yeah. Know? Simple, Mando, neat. So, so Mandalorian, you know? Mm-hmm. No, the reason why I'm not going to kill him is because he's not my problem. I didn't make this problem. I didn't make this mess. You and your family did. Go fucking clean it up for the rest of the galaxy. It's your responsibility. It's your brother. Hey, Spice Loaf. Yeah. Get back to the table and solve this problem. It's seven bucks ago. Yeah, and he's just so to the point about it. Maybe five bucks ago. When he's he found just, out he was doing which is also very Mando. Very Mando. Just the, clean cut. Everything is very clear and obvious. You know. Yeah. There is no. There isn't a lot of gray. No. It's either you had to do it, and it was the right thing or wrong thing to do, or you didn't have to do it and it was right or wrong. You know, that's about as gray as it gets. He tells her some echoes of uh, what Dalla's earlier sentiment were. He says, force users are all trouble. Sith, Jedi, no difference. And he says, all the wars are about you two dicks and everybody else dies about it. Mm-hmm. I was paraphrasing that second part there. Yeah. But yeah, we've said that before, right? When we were talking about the super powerful Jedi and how there's like a handful of people who control, not control, but direct the fate of all the regular people in a galaxy, like trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions and trillions of people. Yeah, because without the super powerful Jedi, there's no super powerful enemy. If there's to... no super fo- powerful good guys, that's the idea, right? Is that the powerful good guys beget the powerful bad guys. Yep. If you don't have one or the other, then you just have regular good guys and bad guys. And everybody else can deal with that. Mm-hmm. But only you superpower superheroes can deal with the superpower supervillains. So clean up your own fucking mess. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I'm sensing a theme here, though. Between, and I feel like it's 
being uh, told to us on purpose here between Fett and Dalla. Good Jedi, bad Jedi, we don't care. We don't want them. Mm-hmm. Cut to Bavine's farm, where Fett tells Sintis about Aelin's death and all the years and hate and hunting, but not why he left. Then he runs away from this sitch for a quick heart-to-heart with Bavine, then off to Slave 1 to buy Sintis a big heart of fire gem. Yeah, the most rarest, most expensive one. Yeah, because I got money. Yeah. And I don't know how to talk to her right now, so I'm going to buy her jewelry. This is some 1950s marriage bullshit. But with the heart of fire, he can put his <laughs> yeah. memories and shit in. Which into is it. what he ends up doing, and I didn't see that coming, that he was going to put his own lifetime worth of his memories into that. Yeah. For her to get to know his life and experience yeah. that. Without him having to you have know, to say it out loud, sit there in it, yeah, the whole time. She can peruse it when she wants. Yeah. Cut to tap calf on Keldabe, where Jaina convinces Gotab the Mando Jedi to help heal Sintis. He's got a real cool story about leaving the Jedi Order when they started using clones in the war. Yep. Turns out not everybody thought that was cool, and rightfully so. Yeah. Oh, what do you mean? We're just going to be a meat factory now to win this war? That's what we're going to do? We're just going to make living beings and expend their lives carelessly so we can win a war? I'm out! Yeah, and he just took off with some of his clone friends. But he does come to heal Sintas. And Jaina, I noticed, has an interesting thought about Fett and Sintas's little tragic story here where she thinks of Jag. And she thinks of Giving children a chance to grow up with ordinary happiness. Happiness. <laughs> I heard it. I heard it. And she calls it, quote, a wake-up call. Jag? Babies? <laughs> Where's my goddamn Jaina trilogy? Because that's what we were supposed to get after Fate of the Jedi, the next book series. Yeah. We were supposed to get... Jaina and Jag's Wedding Trilogy. And fuck you, Disney. Because I... Why can't we still do them? Yeah. Why can't you do them both simultaneously? It's not going to take away from your canon that you're making in the movies and books. Is it? Because it's already better. Oh. But we don't get Ben Skywalker. No. We don't get Jaina Solo. We get... Ben Solo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know that's an easy one to set up, but I did not mean to. <laughs> it's just God damn it. Okay. I, I, I'm on your, I'm on your team. Fuck. We are, we are reading these books for a reason and not talking about the new movies. <laughs> I'll tell you what though. The Mandalorian's fucking good. Yeah. I'm going to start watching it. Uh, anyways, Jaina, Sitting here in Mandalore for forever and ever, oh man. She's trying to go to sleep at night. After thinking about Jag and babies and all that jazz. Where she hears Mandos singing a song across a field. And uh, she uh, she uh, attributes some emotions to this song that turn out to be completely wrong. Yep. She thinks to herself, it feels like a song of yearning for home and 
longing for love to return. Vivian tells her, nope. It's about being awesome with a capital A. <laughs> yeah. We're Amanda's. We're the best and we don't care who yeah. thinks. <laughs> we don't care about the rest. Yeah. M. A. N. D. He's like, no. No, those are your feelings, Jaina. In case you ever uh, want to learn how to experience your own emotions rather than just paint them on every other canvas that you see. Also, she winds up sitting with Sintis. As her memories are coming back. Turns out, she remembers what happened. Mm-hmm. And this book takes a very dark turn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, again, maybe explains why Disney has put a new label on all these things. Because this is not Disney-level appropriate. No, it's not. No. Boba Fett was exiled for killing his superior officer who raped his wife, Sintas. And since she never got to tell her daughter the true story of what happened, her daughter spent a life and a half, half of Mirtha's life, hating and trying to kill Boba Fett for abandoning them. Boba fucking heavy Fett. Yeah. Turns out, he was a goddamn hero all along. <laughs> yeah. Even though he might be a self-loathing, sacrifice-hating mess of a man, he did the right thing after all, to a point. Yep. You know? And his daughter spent her entire life hating him and trying to kill him, and her granddaughter, his granddaughter spent half of her life trying to do the same. All because, you know, they're... Young. Yeah. And had a hard time speaking the truth to each other or to anybody. Yeah, and Sintas could never really tell Aelin what happened because by the time she was put into Carbonite, she Aelin was, Aelin was like, 16, what, 16? And again, that'd be a hard conversation to have up to that age. Yeah. And even, you know, that's right around maybe where you might have that conversation. Yep. But she got frozen and kidnapped and frozen in carbonite, and the conversation never got to be had. Chapter 20. Starts with a famous Karen Travis blurb. My Lord Kytus, I disobeyed your instructions about where to search for the Jedi Council and went back to the locations where Luke Skywalker had hideouts in his rebel days. I'm now on Endor. There's an old Imperial base here just full of force energy, even though the camp's been abandoned. The Jedi have been here very recently, but I don't know where they've gone. Yet. Calm message from Tahiri Vela, Sith Apprentice to Darth Kytus, Dark Lord of the Sith, and Chief of State of the Galactic Alliance. That is a fucking long title. It's, it's some important stuff. Long story short, I'm on the trail, no thanks to you, other than saving my life, my lord. Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> Keeping you updated on my progress. Have a nice day. You told me not to go here. I went here and I found them. Nah, 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 nah. Thanks for, thanks for saving my life. Yeah. Gotta, gotta, gotta go. Okay. Cut to Keldabe a week later. Two weeks have gone by since the... This, this book has time jumps all over the end of it. Yeah. They had the Battle of Fondor. Then it was four days later. Jason was talking to Captain Shivu about how, how I murdered my aunt. And then now it's a week later, and we've got 
Keldabe. Yeah, so what? It's been like two weeks since the since the Fondor battle. Pretty close. Yeah. So it's been like three or four weeks since this whole thing started. Yeah, something like that. I can't. I can't. I can't understand. <clears throat> Keldabe. A week later. Fett and Sintis have a 50 years too late conversation about how they could have handled their life differently back when they were young. And long story short, the advice I've gathered from this scene is honesty. Ah, the courage of honesty is the hardest thing. But as corny as this is, it's truly the only thing with the power to save you. I thought you were going to say it's the best policy. (laughs) It is (laughs) because it's the only thing that can actually save you from your mistakes is being honest about them. Like for example, you murder your wife's rapist and don't tell anybody what happened because you don't want to embarrass her publicly. You don't Mm -hmm. want everybody to know. So you're not honest about that. And then she's not honest about that. And then you leave and you think that was wrong, but then you're not honest about that. Yeah. Go back. And then it's 50 fucking years later. Yeah. Lies, compound lies or omissions or just even not. Yeah. Like not being truthful with yourself. Yeah. What you care about and what you want. Honesty. I don't know. Boba Fett taught me all about it here in this moment. Bathed in honest truth with no helmet on. They get to be together. Family again for a few moments at least. And head to their granddaughter's wedding. And I cry, 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 cry again. Because forgiveness for a 70-year-old murder man is a powerful thing. And it's a nice way to leave Boba Fett off as he like exits the story. Yeah. You know, this is Karen's last book. Boba Fett's gone. This is, that's it. It's curtain call for him. It's credits roll. There's his name. It's a crap. It's a crap. <laughs> it's a wrap for him on season. Everybody claps. <laughs> yeah. And like the crowd disperses, but for his 50 years abandoned wife, who's now 40 years younger than him, <laughs> to forgive him and hold his hand and walk to their granddaughter's wedding was just cry, 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 cry. Yep. And we cut to the wedding feast where Myrta is deeply regretting wanting to kill Grandpa Fett because it turns out he's been a hero the whole time. Yeah, because now she has the info. She warns Jaina against killing Jason. Maybe you can catch him and save him. She's been talking to Luke Skywalker? What the fuck is this? <laughs> Isn't she Mandalorian murder machine? She's like, well, if I if I could kill him though, I'd kill his ass. Yeah, but you probably shouldn't. Yeah, it's different uh, when you're doing? killing family. What are we doing here? Kind of thing. Why are we doing this? She's gone all the way to Mandalore because she's been resolved to kill her brother this whole fucking time. Why are we doing this? But Jane is blown away by this sentiment and by Mandalorians in general. She gives them this kind of this this explanation, not explanation, description: extreme violence and profound love. I thought that was fucking mm-hmm. great. That's a very good, again, neat and clean description of a very simple, neat and clean structure of society. Yeah. Not nah, a structure of morality, I guess. Yeah, it's the whole premise of Mando culture. And really. I think we asked this question last time, maybe the time before. 
who was Jaina going to make friends with? It's Myrta Gev. Yeah. <laughs> it was Myrta. They're friends. They hold hands and walk back to the wedding feast together. Yeah, and even say, if we're ever on opposite sides of the war, let's just do our best let's to try, stay away from each other. Try to avoid each other. Yeah, which Jaina's like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Again, like, kind of seeming like... That's a simple thing to understand. Like, yeah. wouldn't you already think that? Like, if we have to, we'll like, fight each other, but like let's avoid it. Like, in the Civil War that you already started, where you were fighting against Karelians who are friends of your family and stuff like that, like, that didn't already cross your mind. You didn't yeah. think of that concept at Nobody all. Nobody said it out loud. No, because she hasn't actually <laughs> fucking learned anything here, because everything that she's learned has been, like, the simple, basic thing. Yeah. Fight hard and don't stop. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> Cut to Tapcalf and Keldabe. We just get jump, 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 jump around Mandalore here. For the whole end of the book. For and, like 40 fucking pages. Well, just, just like the first couple chapters of this episode, it was jump and jump, jump all over the blood fin. Yeah, but this is like, just let's wrap up the last 40 pages of the book and stay on Mandalore. Because Karen doesn't want to leave her troopers. No. <laughs> she can't leave those Republic commandos behind. But at the Tap Calf, Dalla arrives for a deal with Fett. And he takes his helmet off specifically so that she can see his face. Yeah. He's a new man. Mm-hmm. Delore. Oh! oh! <laughs> I fucking got you. <laughs> and he's owning his face because he walks Dala to the wedding feast without his helmet on. Mm-hmm. Cuts you, Mandalore, next day. Nope. Regina visits Gotab. You know, the uh, the former uh, Republic era Jedi who didn't like the clones and healed Sintus Vell and all this stuff. She's going to him to ask his advice. And he says, you could have stopped him. She's asking about Jason. Sorry. Yeah. To be, yeah. To be more clear, as if we didn't know what the problem was. <laughs> <laughs> you could have stopped him. Any of you, if you'd united against him. One Sith can't stand against hundreds of Jedi. Your problem is that he's your own flesh and blood, and none of you have had the courage to do the job. Courage. You've been hoping that he'll see the light and stop so that you don't have to do the dirty work. How many ordinary beings have died while you made excuses for him because he's family? Hey, welcome to the conversation about Spice Loaf that we've been having since (laughs) book one. Had all you fucking super powerful hero Jedi just like stayed on the same team or at least communicated with each other, you could have, as they say, nipped this one in the bud. Yep. Not butt, people. Yeah. You nip it in the bud. It's about gardening. Yeah, it's about plants. God. Anyhow, boom, roasted. He does actually give advice, though, throughout this visit and conversation. He's kind of her version of Yoda. Mm-hmm. Long lost Jedi hiding in the middle of nowhere. Handing out advice and, and you know guidance on your journey. On the last stage of your journey to overcome your evil family member who maybe needs redemption or maybe needs destruction. I don't know. Is that a parallel? <laughs> I don't know. I think so. <laughs> I think so. I think I just walked the same sidewalk there. He tells her to kill Jason out of love. Now... That's a complicated message because mm-hmm. he's not really a Mandalorian <laughs> by blood. No. So he's complicated thoughts. But no, uh, all kidding aside, 
kill him out of love. And he tells a parable of like a rabid hunting dog. Yep. Said we couldn't let it carry on. Not just for everyone's safety, but for the animal too. Because it was in pain and miserable. And then he says that thing about pain. And Jane is like, oh my God, the embrace of pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God, Jason, click, click, click. I don't know. Like things are, uh, she's, she's becoming more understanding of her brother in the situation, I guess. I don't know. But he tells her maybe the most important thing, worry about your motives. Once the galaxy is safe again. Yeah. Kill him first and stop the problem and then worry about after whether you did it right or wrong. Because people are dying every fucking day, thousands of them, in this stupid war where this guy is making everything worse all the time since the very beginning. Yep. And once again, we come to the end of this book where Jaina is finally fully resolved to kill her twin brother, Jason. She's finally decided it for the fourth or fifth time. And I swear to fucking God, if we start the next book with her being unsure about killing Jason and we have to do this emotional journey for the fifth time, I'm going to complain about it on the podcast. What if it happens mid-book? I'm going to complain about it on the podcast. Okay. That's what. All right. Unless it happens mid-execution or something. Okay. I'll allow it in the moment only. But we've had every other book, like every, at the end of, we talked about this at the beginning of this book, right? Where like the beginning of the book has to be the beginning of a book and the ending of a book has to be the ending. So like you can't, I was talking to Danielle about this last night. It's a nine book series. You can't just go from 0.1 intensity at the beginning of book one to 10 out of 10 at the end of book nine. Like it's not a steady slope, right? It has to ebb and flow in waves because it's a series of individual novels. Mm Mm-hmm. But stop undoing the resolution of ev- the end of every novel at the beginning of the next one. Every fucking book for the last four books has ended like, Jason's got to die. He must die. We must kill him. And then the beginning of the next book is, uh, oh, should we? Yeah. Ooh, is it, that, is it bad though? <laughs> or can we? S- no. Fuck all that. Enough. Okay. Epilogue. The Jedi camp near heaps. The Skywalker boys are laying in their tent beds when Luke finally uh, gets a visit from Mara. Ben smiles in his tent for his father and happy cries himself to sleep. And oh my God, did Karen Travis just sneak a happy ending (laughs) into the end of this book? Did this book just get a happy ending? Yes, it did. Between Boba Fett's second chance... And Luke's first visit from his ghost wife. She slid out. Karen slid that one right in there. Yeah. Right at the buzzer. That's this was, book eight has a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. How the fuck did she do that? And you know what? When I was reading this, my last note was that between all the crying and at the emotional scenes throughout the end of this book here, I didn't realize how badly I needed a happy ending Mm -hmm. for some of these characters at one point. Yeah. You know, like they get to go to bed at the end of the book smiling. Yes. Oh my 
God, I could cry right now. Yeah, not worried about what the next day will bring, just reveling in the moment that they have right now. She, Karen, you got me. You, you snuck a happy ending into book eight of nine of tragic hubris, yeah, <laughs> epic fall. Book eight has a happy ending. I am shocked. And I feel like I'm going to cry. But the question remains, will there be more to cry about? Aha! Of course there will. Find out next week when we hit our revelation review slash invincible preview. We've come to the end of the series. Only one book left. Book nine starts in two weeks. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Happy ending. It's so good. Feels good. Happy tears. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.